iTunes presents Meet the Author. Good evening and welcome to the Apple Store Soho. Once again, we're excited to have you here this evening to attend the latest installment in our Meet the Author event series. This guest speaker series gives authors a chance to share their latest works and participate in a discussion with you, the audience. Tonight, we're pleased to have Chet Clem and Mike Desenzo of The Onion here to share their stories and insights called in creating Our Dumb World, Atlas of the Planet Earth. They'll be sharing with you a special audiovisual presentation that reports on their findings of just a handful of the countries they saw during their travels, as well as give you a sense of what's involved in putting together the world's most important reference atlas. Before I turn it over to Chet and Mike, I want to let everyone know that tonight's event is being recorded for a special Meet the Author podcast that you can download, along with The Onion's new audiobook from the iTunes Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming Chet Clem and Mike Desenzo. Hello, and welcome to the Onion's Journey to Earth and Back. I'm Chet Clem. I'm Mike Desenzo. Those of you who are here for the seminar entitled iPhone Workshop Getting Started please come back next Monday at 4 p.m. We are two of the authors of Our Dumb World, The Onion's Atlas of the Planet Earth. This book that the uh, Miami Herald called possibly the funniest book ever written, and our fathers called Not Bad. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about uh, the whole entire world, countries that you may never have heard of, countries like uh, Vanuatu, Mauritania, France, but first, a brief primer on maps. Here's a distribution of wealth. Hilarious. Followed by a map of Bono's awareness rating. You'll see there the countries marked in yellow are countries that Bono has heard of. Uh, countries in orange, uh, Bono frequently dedicates songs to those nations. Uh, and the countries in red, uh, Bono has been so moved by their plight that he's actually removed his glasses for a minute. Here we'll see the uh, map of the Davidson family risk night, 1987. See, Becky was on that night. And uh, mom lost most of Russia when uh, she went to the bathroom, missed a turn. And of course, we have the uh, map to Erica's party tonight. We hope you all can make it. Uh, before we get started, I just want to give you a sense of the evolution of the Earth as we know it today. Uh, here's the Earth, 100 million, 100 million BC. Uh, around 1 million BC, you start to see it uh, beginning to take shape. Here, present day, and uh, here's what scientists expect it to look like in about 2015. <laughs> and now, North America. We'll begin with the United States, a land of opportunism. Founded on the principles of life, liberty, and the reckless pursuit of happiness at any cost, even life and liberty. Um, for those of you listening to the podcast, uh, we just brought up a picture of 
a rather heavy set man holding an enormous big gulp uh, from the 7 Eleven stores. It is safe to assume that it is hilarious. Uh, America is also home to the American dream. The U.S. is a country that stretches all the way from the northeast, states like Vermont, clean air, filthy people. And New Jersey, demanding people shove it up their ass since 1892. To the south, we've got states like Arkansas, where first cousins are second wives. And Tennessee, like hee-haw, but a state. Let's not forget about Florida, home of the silent holocaust. Uh, looks like a tropical paradise on the surface, but uh, inside the state lurks a dark secret. Each year, thousands of Jews are sent there to die. Stretching to the west, including Nevada, where everyone's a loser. All the way to Texas, where everything sucks bigger. Texas uh, changed its slogan in, from 1998's Don't Mess With Texas to You Just Messed With Texas, Didn't You? To You See? Do You See What Happens When We Mess With Texas? Do You See? Moving right along and through the Midwest, nothing but America's pit stop there, and to the bullshit states. We have Alaska, Hawaii, and Minnesota. The land of 10,000 retards. Now, of course, the United States is not the only country in the world. Only the most important. To the north lies Canada. The people of Canada can be, be divided into two groups. Those are, who are polite and those are her too, who are too polite to say they've been put in the wrong group. The uh, national sport of Canada is ice hockey, although... Ice fishing enjoys some popularity, as does ice volleyball, ice auto racing, and field hockey, which is played on ice. Here we see a typical Canadian summer home. Uh, temperatures in Canada range from cold as shit, to cold as fuck, to too cold to swear. This is actually the last known whereabouts of Rick Moranis' career. And uh, if you'll move that laser pointer south a little bit, that's the uh, location of Chet's supposed girlfriend from camp. Becky was her name. Yeah, it was Becky. Moving, uh, moving south. Mexico, now hiring 2.4 million busboys. Uh, as you know, Mexico is suffering from a bit of an unskilled labor shortage, leaving many of the nation's brilliant scientists and engineers unable to get to work, as there's not a single janitor left in the nation to unlock the doors to their building. Mexico has a long and varied history. Here we see the work of the ancient Mayans, replaced today by the work of the modern Mayans. <laughs> Moving down the line here to Central America, We'll start with Panama, a shortcut with its own national anthem. And to the right here, we have the Panama Canal, one of mankind's finest achievements in digging. Over to uh, Nicaragua. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, be a select start. So you know, in 1987, U.S. sent a Contra Force 
to the nation to combat the plague of rebels, robots, and aliens. You see Lance and Bill up there. Of course, it's also home to some lush vegetation, <laughs> the lush green platforms, the snow-capped mountains in the background, the beautiful waterfalls you'll find in the waterfall level. And my favorite part of the country, though, is has got to be the spread gun. That it, gun where you can shoot in all different directions, can kill lots of guys. Difficult to find, but uh, definitely worth finding that one. Moving over to the uh, Caribbean, we have Puerto Rico. They're in a parade right now. Here we see the morning commute in Puerto Rico. Off to work at the flag factory. Now we'll move down to South America here, voted second best America for 3.2 million years running. We'll start out here with Brazil. People at their most beautiful, humanity at its ugliest. Brazil is actually home to some of the uh, sexiest women ever to be brutally stabbed in a dark alleyway. Let's take a look at some of the landmarks from around Brazil. Of course we have Christ the Avenger. And no trip to Brazil is complete without, of course, the Amazonian rainforest. Breathtaking. Breathtaking. Now, as far as natural beauty goes, the people of Brazil just can't be beat. Never has, safe never has limited access to safe drinking water looked quite so good. Now, if you see here on the coast, that's actually one of Brazil's famous rape-optional beaches. Now, moving on to Argentina... It's the only other country in South America, as far as you're concerned. It's a beautiful Nazi retirement community. Some old men retire, and while away their golden years, reminiscing about the good old days, and telling long rambling stories about the best way to cremate a Jew. <laughs> Let's move off this page quickly. <laughs> Now, unfortunately, the world is not all cheery and carefree as North and South America. Uh, there is, of course, Africa. When Mike and I first started researching Africa, we were in our early 20s. And uh, Mike is now 76, and I've been dead for four years. Uh, let us begin with some of the many countries. Let's see. Uh, Malawi, come for the food shortages. Stay because you've died. And, of course, we have Kenya running 26.2 miles from their problems. In Djibouti, congratulations, you just laughed at thousands of starving people. Uh, now, before we continue, Mike has some uh, words of warning. Now, uh, now we're about to enter the, the dark continent of Africa and we ask that uh, any small children be escorted from the room, as well as any seniors, people with heart conditions, and anyone who is not completely numb to the pain and anguish of the human condition, as we take a quick, very quick tour through some of the more horrific sites you'll ever see. Oh, that's just terrible. Let's, Let's get, get in there. Right through there. Oh, mm. moving no. right along. Oh. There is no God. Let's get out of Africa. Well, before we do, there is a oh. nation of Namibia, which some of you might have heard about. It was in the news a couple of years ago. It's where Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie went to uh, have their first child. 
thus lowering the nation's infant mortality rate by 0.001%. And increasing the nation's GDP by 500% merely by tipping their waiter. But there's more to the nation of Namibia than just that. Here we see some of the stunning beauty of its landscape. It's Namibia's chief form of transportation. It's adorable. And some of its uh, main agricultural products. Now we can leave Africa. On to Europe. But we start with uh, the United Kingdom. And England, surging ahead to the 19th century. The uh, people of Britain are known for their extremely British senses of humor. Uh, they'll laugh at anything said in a dry and serious tone of voice, which is, explains the success of their highest rated sitcom, BBC World News. Moving right along to some of the famous landmarks, we have Sconehenge. It's uh, still a mystery who photoshopped that. And why. And of course, the Knights of the Round Table. Yes, the new Knights of the Round Table. Gone are the days of Sir Arthur, but not to worry, they have Sir Paul, Sir Elton, Sir Bono, Sir Sting, and not pictured here, Sir Frampton and Sir Bad Company. Moving right over to Ireland, blowing their pot of gold on whiskey. Actually, now, in 2004, the Irish finally found the mystical pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and then promptly vomited in it. Here we have some young Irish entrepreneurs. <laughs> Back to the mainland of Europe, we'll go to France. One nation above God. Home to the Earth's entire population of 62.7 million people, every single one of the planet's 427 cities, and all of its history, culture, and beauty, France is truly the only country in the world. Indeed, France is the sole beacon of life and civilization in an otherwise black and empty void. Uh, France is the birthplace of art, uh, aviation, Buddhism, Democracy, karate, R reggae. Uh, I believe the American Revolution was fought there. Mm -hmm. Arrogance. Uh, uh, Pop tarts. Uh, Basically, everything that has ever come to pass. Now, here we have the rare sight of a Frenchman weeping. This, of course, during the great 1941 Brie shortage. Here's Napoleon. Little known fact, he's actually no bigger than the size of a thimble. He uh, met his demise, uh, though, however, when he was captured in a butterfly net by the owner of a local traveling circus and then drowned in a bowl of mashed potatoes. And, of course, the iconic flag of France, the outer thirds of which can be removed in case of emergency surrendering. Now over to Italy. What are you looking at? Let's take a look at some of the landmarks. Here's the earliest known Olive Garden, <laughs> dating back to 600 BC. As we all know, Rome is the birthplace of Hospitaliano and free breadsticks. And when we take a look at Venice, the city of romance. <laughs> Moving along to Spain. Enjoying a three-century siesta. Spain is home to the seven-day weekend. 
Now, let me direct, I believe that's your, uh, your host family from college right there, is it not? Mike? Yes, yes, I went to Spain in college. And uh, where's, what's that there? Oh, that there, that is, um, that is a stupid restaurant that doesn't even serve nachos. <laughs> that photo pretty much speaks for itself. It is a married couple running from a bull. On to Vatican City, the Catholic Disneyland. It's a great place to escape from reality for a few days. We see a family posing in front of St. Peter's Magic Castle with one of the many mascots of the nation. And here we have popes throughout history, starting with uh, Innocent X, Honorius IV, and the most horrifying pope of all, John Paul II. Russia, where Russians are sent to die. Russia is still struggling to figure out where it fits into a post-Soviet world and exactly where half its nuclear arsenal went. It's one of the few livable spots in Russia. Mm, relatively cozy. There's a Russian cosmonaut returning from a uh, successful space mission. Now to Asia, and we'll start, of course, here with China, a human assembly line. China is the world's leading producer of Chinese people, with almost a billion manufactured to date. Some of those children, unfortunately, have been recalled since uh, that photo was taken. Uh, that means they died. Adoption is also popular uh, among American couples visiting China. Now, <laughs> although the process of adoption is relatively affordable, it can be quite difficult as you're only given a 30-second time limit and sometimes that large metal claw doesn't really get a good grip on the child's skull. And, and they always tend to put the best children in the corner. That's true. Here we see a uh, Chinese entrepreneur. China is also home to some exotic wildlife, such as the giant panda, and it's also known for its exotic cuisine, panda lo mein. Now to India. Please hold while we die of malaria. Now India is suffering from a lot of poverty and crumbling infrastructure and pollution. All problems which they intend to address just as soon as they finish telling Bob from Cincinnati how to install Windows on his computer. It's also the home of uh, Hinduism and its many gods, this being the god of tech support. Very patient god, but sometimes hard to understand. Now, Mike, you had something on the map you wanted to point out. Yeah, in the center there, that's the exact location where Ringo waited in the car while the rest of the Beatles meditated. Now we have, of course, Central Asia. Now, before we start Central Asia, not a lot of people know a lot about this region of the world, but we wanted to bring to light the fascinating and diverse landscapes of these nations. Let's start with Turkmenistan. Moving right along here to uh, Tajikistan. Tajikistan. The uh, iconic photo of Uzbekistan. Classic. Kazakhstan, of course, worth visiting. And uh, we'll finish it up with uh, Kyrgyzstan there. I believe Kyrgyzstan has one extra shrub there in the background. That's true. 
over to Japan. So sorry for getting nuked. <laughs> and of course, a classic uh, school shot from Japan. As well as Japan's lightning fast but often crowded public transportation system. And to a popular destination for Americans, over to Thailand. Thailand, where a kid can be a kid prostitute. Now, Thailand's a land that's, of course, steeped in equal parts ancient tradition and the bodily fluids of Western sex tourists. And here's a really sad picture of uh, some aging Thai prostitutes looking for uh, one more John before nap time. China passed themselves off as nine. Just. The Thai education system. Children are the future. Uh, some of these second graders, however, can fuck at a 10th grade level. And now the uh, last region of our representation, the Middle East. We'll start in Iraq. They had it coming. Of course, in 2003, the US, of course, invaded Iraq, which was not unwarranted due to several of the atrocities the nation had committed, like the gassing of Kurdish villages, 1990 invasion of Kuwait, the time they flew two planes into the World Trade Center towers. The uh, sinking of the Titanic. The Hindenburg explosion. And I believe they were also behind the Holocaust. Indeed they were. And also Saddam Hussein personally assassinated John F. Kennedy in 1963. Was also responsible for an especially vicious paper cut I received last week. Yes, that was bad. Also, when I was 10 years old, my bicycle was stolen. And I think we all know who was behind that. That was Iraq as well, actually. Uh, Iraq is home to uh, diverse people, 75% Arab, 15% Kurdish, and the rest is pretty much a split of Tennesseans, Alabamians, and Kentuckians who've been there for a few years. On the map, I think there's a couple sites of interest. There's a father threatening to turn this car bomb right around if the kids don't be quiet. And I think down in this corner, it's uh, either an arm or a leg. Hard to tell. Something like that. Someone's burnt flesh. Over to Israel, the empty promised land. Now, Israel was uh, promised to the Jews by both God and the United Nations. But uh, unfortunately, not too many people believe in either of those entities and their, effect and their ability to affect change in the world. And here, of course, we have the uh, Jews who run the world. Over to a contested area, uh, Palestine, on 24-hour suicide bombing watch. And over there you see an Israeli attack helicopter enforcing curfew. And finally, the last nation of our tour, Iran. A possible likely threat to the free world, maybe. This with evidence pointing conclusively to Iran either possessing or not possessing nuclear weapons. This Middle Eastern nation could potentially be poised to possibly launch a full-scale attack on the Western world. Perhaps. You know, if left to its own devices, there's no telling what this country could do. Probably nothing, but then again, probably also a lot. Here are some landmarks of Iran. It's the uh, Tehran power plant, the uh, only power plant in the world that derives all its energy from burning U.S. flags. And, of course... The flag of Iran, 
the uh, green and red stripes represent Iran's deep abiding love of Christmas. It's really beautiful this time of year in Iran. Now that brings us to the conclusion of the first part of our program. We're going to bring up uh, Mr. Mike Lowe, who is the head graphic editor of the book, and he's going to talk you through the process of the photojournalism involved in this book. Thanks, Chet. How's everybody's IMAX doing today? Good? All right. So yeah, uh, myself and uh, Michael and Nick here are going to be coming up for some questions. We did all the photos for the book. Had to, you know, travel to so many different countries, get in some tight you know, spots, a few scrapes, but we did come out with some great photos for you to enjoy. And uh, uh, we went off to Japan, and uh, Japan actually ran into a very famous Japanese uh, citizen, uh, Godzilla. And uh, it was really, really nice to see him mellowed out over all those years of destroying large swaths of Tokyo. He's really into cute scarves nowadays and a nice latte. He did crush a couple of our photo interns uh, as he was getting up to leave, but he felt terrible about it. Uh, what do we have next? We have um, Albania. Albania is not quite as advanced a country as Japan. They've had some tough times in recent years, but they have uh, really modernized their transportation system. Uh, previously, the donkeys only had three legs, and you know the rush hour trying to get to the cabbage mines in the morning, the thing would tip over. But the new four-legged donkeys are very comfortable. Uh, we squeezed on for a ride. We were only vomited upon twice. Uh, it was completely fine, completely comfortable. <clears throat> We also have the Taj Mahal, and uh, as Chet alluded to earlier, you know, the Taj Mahal is renowned, you know, for being such a beautiful landmark. Uh, 20, 30 years ago, it looked a little nicer. It was a little tidier. You know, everyone's so busy in India, like, trying to help people get onto Microsoft Vista, because Microsoft Vista is a terrible program, am I right? <laughs> that uh, they just have not had the time to pick up after themselves lately, so it's getting a little, a little untidy there. Uh, just north of India, we actually traveled to Bhutan, a very isolated and mystical land where they actually still use dragons for their uh, landscaping. Um, the farmer actually told us he was hoping to make the switch to a winged oxen before too long. But um, it was really quite a sight. Afghanistan, here's an iconic photo. Uh, everyone might have seen the photo in the National Geographic magazine a few years ago. Uh, this haunting photo of the young woman from Afghanistan. We had to find her and see where she is nowadays. We wanted to catch up and uh, see exactly, you know, where she is and how life has been treating her. And this is uh, how we found her. <clears throat> she was really great for the photos. She <laughs> just let us take as many shots as we wanted to. We could arrange her, you know, if we needed to. And I mean, I, you know, she told us that it's really a lot better, you know, life in Afghanistan now for women because most of them have died, which is, you know, much preferable to actually living as a woman in Afghanistan. Up next, we have Belarus, a very nice family that invited us in for dinner. Uh, you know, due to the Chernobyl fallout in 86, they do have a lot of problems with radiation. But, you know, we just put on the hazmat suit and sat down to a nice dinner. The chicken was very good. There was a lot of drumsticks on that thing. I think there is, like eight or nine drumsticks or so, but good eating. And uh, yeah, you know, a, a couple days later, my, my hair actually fell out. I used to have shoulder length blonde hair. I was really into it. This is actually a wig that I wear nowadays, but these are the, you know, sacrifices you make for 
bringing these photos to the viewing public. And there's the bride basket of Europe, the Ukraine. They were busy loading pallet after pallet of brides, you know, shipping them off to all kinds of places. And uh, they really take good care of those brides, you know. They have a spoilage rate of like 10%. It's very negligible. It's, it's really a booming industry there. <clears throat> the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, a very, very advanced country. A lot of money flowing there. A lot of money there in flying carpets. And, uh, yeah, you know, we just, you know, tried to, we were on an observation deck you know, getting this photo, actually. We were hoping to get a ride on one of the carpets, but it was like $5 million for a 10-minute ride. I only had like $4.9 million in my wallet, so we just kind of just took a shot from the, uh, the viewing platform. Vietnam, it's really done a lot for tourism. You know, these, these guys, they're just really having fun. It was good to see Vietnam, you know, moving past all the war, all the executions in the middle of the street, and just, just having fun with it, you know? Those two, they were taking all kinds of photos. It was, it was real fun. Oh, the iPod, you know, this is uh, from the United States, of course. Uh, yeah, every baby, uh, as legally mandated by Apple, um, you know, Regulation 49056, uh, does receive an iPod Classic at birth, and is immediately plugged into its uh, small little eardrums. And you know, I mean, you know, with up to 160 gigs of storage, you know, that's 40,000 songs or up to 200 hours of video. I mean, it's never been easier to take your music collection with you wherever you want to go. <laughs> and with a completely new, all metal, even thinner design, at only $249, that's never been a better time for you to buy me an iPod. Finally, we have Mount Rushmore, uh, the famous monument that we all know. But, you know, the Onion, we do get access to some uh, unusual areas. You know, we can kind of slip in the back door, flash the press pass. And we actually circled around to the back side of Mount Rushmore, uh, where we were, you know, very excited um, to see America's monument to, instead of the four greatest presidents, uh, it was a monument to Andrew Johnson, Franklin Pierce, Calvin Cool, no, Herbert Hoover, and George W. Bush, uh, the monument honored America's shittiest presidents. <laughs> and there you have it, our dumb world. Graphics for you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming out, everybody. And thus concludes the presentation element of this evening. And we're going to bring uh, Michael Feischke and Nick Gallo up here. They're two of our graphic artists who helped with this. And uh, we'll take some questions. Any questions out there? What's on your minds, folks? What's on your minds? Tell uh, yeah, fell in the red cap. Yeah, hold on one second. I can assure you this is a planted question. <laughs> uh, how long did it take you to do all those uh, Photoshops? Michael, you want to talk about that one? Michael was the main guy in the Photoshop here. I just sort of stood by and watched. Well, photoshopping wasn't that hard. The hardest part of all this was getting the, the photos, which uh, I have to thank this guy here. He traveled all around the world to get all these amazing shots of Actually, there was things. like no photoshopping involved in any of this book at all. <laughs> yeah. We actually uh, had to travel to the farthest corners of Staten Island to, uh, to photograph all of the members of Nick's family to, you know. 
get them into the book there. It was, uh, it was a tough journey, but yeah, we, uh, tough we made it. We made it. Any other questions? The least dumb country? Um, where are you from? <laughs> I guess... I guess I'll have to say, uh, I'll actually, I'll answer a different question. I'll, I'll tell you what was the dumbest country we did, and that was a country called San Marino, which is a tiny protectorate inside of Italy. Uh, actually, like, we, when we were doing this, it was, like, the, one of the last ones we tackled, and we were just fed up with the whole process. We were sick of covering the whole world. So, basically, uh, our, our slogan for uh, San Marino was, these, these assholes don't belong in an atlas. Because they don't. Uh, in fact, we, you know, their their history is far less important than the history of Dan Marino. So now that is a Marino worthy of an appearance in an atlas. The man played 17 seasons in the NFL. Something like that, and he is in the atlas actually. Dan Marino is in the atlas. Uh, another country we really didn't enjoy, uh, Montenegro. Uh, they decided to split from Serbia uh, in the midst of the atlas. So. That cost us an evening. Uh, I ho sincerely hope that's worth your sovereignty. Uh, 20 minutes, I'm never going to get back. <laughs> a question right there. Sorry, I was just going to ask if there were any uh, uh, artwork or, or jokes that you made that didn't make it in for reasons of good taste that maybe you wish had and people were a little more flexible about good taste. Uh, there was uh, one photo that we did have to alter. Uh, I will say that it is in the nation of Saudi Arabia. I'll let you find which photo it is. It, it would be a little bit more graphic, uh, but we had to take a certain body part out at the last second. It was a penis. <laughs> Sorry. I ruined the surprise for everyone. What made you decide to do an atlas as your second book of original material and not just try and recycle your crap from the weekly paper? Long-time fan. Uh, well, we were all sitting in the writer's room one day, minding our own business, and uh, Scott Dickers, our editor-in-chief, who's actually uh, awaiting the birth of his first child right now, uh, just sort of sauntered right in and said, gentlemen, we're doing an atlas. And, and then we did it. <laughs> could have been worse. Could have been uh, an encyclopedia of, I don't know, A through Z, or worse, the Bible. I don't really know what's next for us. Initially, weren't we planning on uh, covering the entire ancient world? We were covering the entire solar system, the galaxy, the Earth's crust. I believe we had a 300-page entry on the Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> which we had to scrap. Fascinating. It'll be in the collector's edition. We had a really hard time coming up with Earth crust jokes, so if anyone has some good ones about the Earth's crust for the second edition, just see us after the show. Any There's other questions? question on the front corner there. I think there was some stuff that some writers, you know, didn't want to put in there, and, you know, they were just ignored by the other people who wanted to put it in there. So, uh, I guess usually, yeah, I don't know, mob rule kind of ruled. Uh, there are a lot more animals wearing hats than some of us would have liked. Yeah, yeah, we did tone and it down. a lot less than some of us would have liked. Yes. <laughs> Question up front. Uh, are you planning any, any regime changing on your newspaper, like installing democracy or maybe creating op-ed page? Creating an op-ed page for the Onion? Um, That's stupid. <laughs> 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 we, 
we've always used the uh, the Onion Top Ed uh, page as a um, yeah for the titans of business and for paid advertorials, I believe. So, yeah. the long-standing tradition of uh, not caring what you people think. <laughs> It's just a one-way conduit of information. Well, we do care about your questions. <laughs> the, the young fellow there with the uh, fake eye, yes. <laughs> Took about two years, give Took or about take. two years. Year I think in uh, Atlas years, it was about 17 and a half years, felt like it, you know. But yeah, about two years, uh, front to back. Another question, yes. Yeah, um, could you share any uh, favorite hate mail that you've received from, I, I'm sure you've generated some interesting responses. I tell you, the, the, the most hate mail we've gotten uh, about this book in particular is on, on the cover of the book, you'll see a seal that says free globe inside. Uh, and the day after it was launched, I received an email from our publisher saying they have received a flurry of phone calls from people furious that their globe is not included. People are dumb. That's been the Onion's mantra for a while, and it's still true today. I believe a man who raised his hand actually had a question, so... What, what does that uh, Latin slogan mean, and uh, that's in, in the paper, and is there anything you'd like to say about the basic onion attitude and approach to humor, the, the deadpan, straight-faced bizarreness of what you put in the paper every week? Uh, well, the, the Latin motto is tu stultus s, which translates to you are dumb, <laughs> which has been the onion's logo for, uh, since its founding in uh, 1757. Um, and as far as the, uh, the onion uh, approach to things, well, yeah, I, you know, we, we always just present the news very straightforwardly. We always have a very sober delivery. And uh, hopefully the, uh, you know, ideas behind the stories are what make you laugh and what make you think. But the delivery is always deadpan. Uh, we don't like to, you know, do the waka waka thing too much. As you can see, Mike Desenzo likes to keep it, you know, just kind of low key, low key over Indeed. there. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's very sober, very dry. And um, yeah, I think that that's the best way to, uh, to deliver crazy ideas, to juxtapose it with a more serious approach. And there is a kernel of seriousness, of course, you know, to, the, to the book, of course. It's a lot of animals with hats. We do have a fondness for those. But uh, you know, hopefully we're um, you know, pointing out some things that everyone thinks, uh, pointing out some th things that perhaps are you know, unspoken in standard media. So I, I will say that I learned more about the world than I ever wanted to know. Um, just researching, like, Africa, for instance, like, I mean, there's some terrible stuff that goes on there, and uh, I had no idea about it. And if you guys read the book, like, there are certainly jokes, um, but I feel like you'll probably learn more about Africa than, than you would just ordinarily know. There are, like, it's all based on, like, real things. So... Uh, in a serious answer, like I really think that there's like a lot you can learn from this book, as and well as a lot to laugh. And at. you may very well be very offended by sections in Africa, but uh, better to be offended. And than anywhere ignorant. in the book. Which country did you have the most fun writing, and why? I guess France, just because we got to make fun of French people. <laughs> that was fun. It's kind of a softball. <laughs> uh, I thought Nicaragua was a good time. Kind of, you know. Yeah. All of us were trying to figure out, okay, how do you make Nicaragua distinct, you know, from Honduras or El Salvador, you know, and 
you know, we're a bunch of ignorant Midwesterners, you know, we don't know anything, you know, what do we got? We got bananas, we got, uh, you know, gorillas, we have, uh, you know, of course, someone remembered Contra, everyone's favorite Nintendo game from the 80s, so. There's not many jobs where you get to do research by playing Nintendo, uh, but uh, that's what we did. Going to ask since you guys have started doing the like video podcasting and stuff, is the Onion going to start doing more feature length film kind of stuff, or is that uh, always discussed? But is anything coming out? No, we're uh, think about three minutes is about as far as we want to go there. <laughs> um, I think that uh, eventually we're going to start doing real news. That's where we're headed. Real news. There's a future. I remember when we did Artem Century, we were talking about doing a book all about the future. And we dropped that idea after five minutes of fruitless brainstorming. Well, they did do the future issue, the 2056 issue, which turned out awesome. That's true. That's true. Um, did any of y'all actually major in journalism in school? I took a few J school classes. I majored in television. I took English in high school. I was more of a creative writing guy, English department, making stuff up. I studied uh, graphics. So I didn't go to I school. <laughs> no, I don't think we have uh, any uh, former serious journalists on staff. Several of us did drop out of the University of Wisconsin's journalism school. So, I once read a newspaper. <laughs> uh, what humor magazines uh, or publications did you enjoy growing up? The Onion. <laughs> I'm only 24. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. I didn't, yeah. Publications, what was there? I find so, USA Today hilarious. I mean, there was like National Lampoon, but actually that was like a little bit outside my range when I was growing up. And um, there was Spy, but I didn't know anything about New York City, so I didn't really get it. There was a uh, Mad Magazine. Uh, I, b I was hi uh, highly influenced by their issue about blech. <laughs> that was a funny one. Might as well hold on to this thing. Are you guys surprised about how successful The Onion has become? Um, I guess, yeah, it has been. Well, it's been a long time coming. You know, It started up in 1988, and I started working there in 93. Um, so a couple other folks started, you know, before that. Um, so, you know, it was really moving at a glacial pace uh, coming out of the Midwest, you know, initially. And, you know, I made 50 bucks a week when I started and, you know, went that way for a while. But um, I guess we always felt confident that we had a talented group of people and that if we just managed to get the stuff out there that people would come to it. So um, I guess in a way, even though it's taken a long time, I guess I felt like finally, well, the internet was cool when we got the stuff out to everybody. And uh, you could get out of Madison, Wisconsin. So, yeah, I guess I always felt that we were working hard enough and doing stuff that was good enough to hopefully have some success. So it's been, of course, the work of dozens and hundreds of people. So, um, Has The Onion ever been quoted in The Daily Show or The Colbert Report? It seems like there could, something could happen there. Is there any coalition there? Uh, we actually have a lot of, <coughs> excuse me, uh, former Onion writers working at the at the Daily Show and the Colbert Report, uh, but we actually we've never appeared on their show and they've uh, never appeared in our newspaper. I think with two comedy institutions like that that are somewhat similar, you kind of have to play in your own space a little bit. You know, you can't really 
invade each other's zones a little bit. Maybe the facade would explode or there would be some kind of antimatter, you know, uh, implosion. But uh, yeah, so it, it kind of just sort of works that way. Yeah, even though there's plenty of like former Onion staffers working on those shows and they're definitely like cousins, you know, to all of us. Or we're the cousins to them. We're all cousins. All right, I think that's all the questions we have. Um, we want to thank the staff of The Onion for being here this evening for tonight's special event. Our Dumb World, Atlas of the Planet Earth, uh, is available for download on iTunes as well as available in most major booksellers. Uh, thanks for coming. We'll see you next time. Thanks, thank everybody. You. This episode of Meet the Author was produced by iTunes and the Apple Store in New York's Soho District. To purchase the audiobook or listen to more episodes in the series, click the link below or search for Meet the Author in the iTunes Store.